All right, Rob. We're here with another episode of Ruminate, and I want to know a little bit about your experience with Pokemon Sword and Shield because I picked up the game as soon as it came out. I had the had to endure the torture, of course, of it first arriving in Italy to my good with my good friend Federico, and then an hour later with Mike Hurley, and not for five more hours after that to me. And I know you didn't pick it up on day one, but you picked it up pretty quickly after that because I think you saw, I don't know, I, it, you had texted me and you had mentioned that you had seen like Mike was talking about it and I was talking about it and other people were talking about it. I mean, what was it that uh, kind of convinced you to to pick up the game and, and play it? Yeah, so I had a little bit of time off work. So, you know, I had some time to fill. Um, and yeah, I... Like I say, I saw a bunch of people tweeting about it. I wasn't really interested, to be honest. I was like, yeah, because I I've played like the original games and I played played uh, Let's Go Eevee, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't really that bothered either way. I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick it up at some point. And then I thought, well, I've got some time off, and I saw like I think it was you and Mike specifically tweeted about it, and I thought, do you know what? What does it matter? Like, it's not going to go down in price because it's a Nintendo game, so. There's no advantage to, you know, waiting six months because it will still be £45 in six months because Nintendo games just don't go down in price. Um, So, yeah, I think I ordered it. It must have been on launch day, and then it came on the Sunday, so, like, two days later. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I sort of got stuck in, and, like, 50 hours later, I was like, right, I'm I'm done now. (laughs) Well, that's great. I mean, I... My background with Pokemon is very limited too. It's even more limited than you because it was, you know, the original games came out at a time when I really wasn't playing games anymore. And so it really kind of passed me by. And it was, I guess, Pokemon Let's Go got me back into it a little bit. And, you know, I've just heard so much from people I know about the series and about and who were excited about this game when it was coming out that I felt like I should like dip into it and see if it was something that somebody like me who really doesn't know the backstory or the history of the game could enjoy and I've I've loved it I haven't played like an enormous number of hours I've maybe played you know 10 to 20 hours of it so far uh, mostly in handheld mode because I just I find I, I find the game really relaxing to just wander around and collect Pokemon and do a few battles. I'm not I'm not in, I'm not really not in a hurry to get through the story, right? I'm I'm more interested in exploring. And okay, after a while, I'm kind of low on you know all my Pokemon have kind of taken a beating, and I need to kind of go regenerate and and pick up some find ways to earn some money and do all those things, but. For the most part, I, I just find it a really relaxing game to just hang out and leisurely stroll through this environment because what's interesting to me about it is that it's not an open-world game by any stretch of the imagination. There's definitely, you know, it wants you to go from here to here to here to here. It's very linear. But along the way, at each of those, I guess, nodes on the on the, on the path to completing the game, there's... A pretty big area to explore and try things and and just meander about until you're ready to move on to the next stage. It doesn't really, it's not really ever pushing you forward. It's really you move forward at your own pace, which is the kind of game I really enjoy. Yeah, I mean the the area you're talking about, like the wild area as they call it, which is right. 
it's weird. Like, it's very strange because obviously in the... You know, for anyone who's played Pokemon, like, you're in a town and, you know, you can't move the camera, you can't do it all, you know, all you can do is move along the sort of predefined paths. But then there's this area in the game where you can move the camera around. Right. Like an open world game. You know, you can... You can pretty much, depending on how far through you are in the game, you can literally go anywhere in that in that wild area. Um, and I mean, after playing it for a little bit in that area, the first thing I thought was, I really hope the next game is like the wild area. Like, and that's the only yeah. It and doesn't that's, have that, to be this huge right, like. And that's the only part. Doesn't of the have area. to be this huge open world monster, but it's very strange switching between this like quote unquote open world area to being back in like the fixed areas of the towns. Right. Um so I really hope that they do a lot more with that with the next game. I don't know when are these like yearly or every two years or something, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm not entirely sure about that. But I agree with you. I mean so far the wild areas to me have been the most fun because that's where you can do a lot of exploring. And the towns serve their purpose and there's a lot of different things to do there. And I think the game does a really good job of transition, transitioning you from one area to the other. So you kind of understand very quickly what you can do in one area versus the other. Because, you know, I did find myself initially kind of trying to use the sticks to, to look around in the town in a way that you really can't because it's not that kind of game. Uh, but once you get used to the distinction between the two... It's a lot of fun to to play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was kind of funny. I think I must have been maybe 25, 30 hours in, and I'd sort of I'd unlocked all of the wild area, and I guess I was getting fairly close to the end of the game. I pretty much only had sort of the, you know, the final big part where you battle all the gym trainers uh-huh. and you know do the final thing, but you become the Pokemon master and all of that stuff. Um. And I remember saying to Jess, I said, oh, yeah, you know, I've only got a little bit left to do. I think, you know, I think I've had my money's worth. I've played enough. Um, I'm just going to go and catch a few Pokemon and level up a few. And the next thing I, like, the next time I checked how long I'd played for, it was like another 15 hours. Like, I'd literally spent about 15 hours just, not nonstop, by the way, I had slept. Um, <laughs> but I'd, um, yeah, I'd, I'd spent about 15 hours just leveling up Pokemon, evolving them, like, looking for new ones and I, I was like i don't think i'd ever ever really got caught up in a pokemon game like that like even with let's go because that you know there's a lot less pokemon and stuff like that so it was kind of easier to complete the pokedex um but yeah so like you know maybe a third of my gameplay time was just you know as you're describing just sort of milling around and catching a few pokemon doing a couple of battles um and yeah, I was just kind of surprised how long I ended up spending doing that. Yeah, and that, that's what's interesting to me about this game is that it works on a lot of different levels. I mean, you can kind of do the casual version that I'm playing, which is just take your time, enjoy the story, see what's there, learn more about kind of the lore behind the game in general. Or you can, you know, you can power through the story, get to the final battles do all the final battles and then start leveling up a huge team and playing competitively with people online. I mean, there's a whole another level of that, of the game that is possible that I haven't really explored and I'm not sure I'm actually going to do it at any point, but I know that a lot of people enjoy that aspect of it too. Yeah, I I did. uh, I think I did a couple 
you know, you can just sort of go on and just, oh, battle somebody and they find you somebody and you do it. And, you know, it, it was fine. Um, it, it's not for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, and the online stuff is just terrible. I, it's so, everything's kind of janky. And if you connect to the <laughs> internet, there's a couple of weird things that happen. One, if you're in the wild area, the frame rate drops to about 15 frames per yeah. second. Like, it just looks awful and stuff's popping in and out. And the other thing is if you then take a screenshot and try to post it to Twitter or Facebook, I guess, if you've got that connected, the Switch says, oh, no, you've got a network connection open in your game. We have to shut that network connection off to be able to post to Twitter. And I'm like, what kind of internet? Are you, that, like, what, what on earth is going <laughs> on? Insane, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Nintendo and the and online is not... The, I mean, I know this is not a... A first-party game, really, but uh, Nintendo is not super well known for doing online super well. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've I think it's a pretty great game. I'm looking forward to playing more over the holidays. I feel like right now I have an overwhelming number of games that I want to play, and I'm not really sure where to start. I mean, I'm going to stick with Pokemon for now. It's kind of my relax and unwind at the end of the day type of game, but. I really want to. I, I bought Control, and people in my household have played it. Not me though, uh, but I'm I'm thinking that that's going to be kind of my holidays holidays game more than anything else. And I don't know, Mario Maker is another one that I want to kind of fiddle around with because I I like the idea of building my own levels for Super Mario. You know, the, coming up with with all sorts of difficult levels. But I'm not sure it's going to be as much fun as feel like work, and so I haven't I haven't really gone down that path yet. Have you ever played that game? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I'm, I might actually. Let me look at the shelf. Uh, no, I don't have. The f- I thought I maybe I had the first one, um, but no, it, it's never been. I think there's a couple of other games like this. There's like a racing game on the PS3 that was like this, uh-huh. where you know ninety percent of the con the, the game was you know either building your own tracks or using other people's right. tracks um and you know i i tried it like it was a fun game if you could find decent tracks that that other people had built because obviously you know what these things are like like there'll be people that do amazing things right. with it um and you play those tracks and it's like yeah this is great but then if it doesn't have like a story mode or or anything to sort of keep you going it's not it, it it's just not the kind of thing that i'm really interested in because i'm not going to spend a huge amount of time like building my own levels. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, what's interesting about um, Mario Maker is that there have been some some really well-known game designers who have dipped in and created levels. So, I mean, I may pick it up and just kind of play like a, a select who's who of levels who have created it. I'm not sure that I really want to spend the time making them myself. I mean, as much as that... On, on the one hand, that you know, that feels like one thing that I've been doing a lot lately at Mac Stories is I've been trying a lot of new creative apps like uh, drawing apps, painting apps, photography apps, things that aren't really core to the sort of stuff that I do and make, but that I find interesting and kind of a different kind of outlet to creativity. And I could see something like Mario Maker being like that, but at the moment, I've got enough of that already stacked up on my plate anyway so i'm not sure if i'm gonna do it on the on the game side as well yeah definitely well 
I mean, like you say, you've got control, you've got Pokemon, which, you know, like I say, I did like 50 hours, and I've still got other stuff to do. I've still got some post-game stuff that I haven't done yet. Um, but after all that, I kind of just needed a break from yeah, it. Yeah, um, you know what? I, I need to go back. I need to play I need to play the uh, the Untitled Goose game, which I have and still haven't played. I need to... I really want to play more of uh, Yoshi's... What is it? Yoshi's Whirly, Woolly World? Um uh, crafted, crafted world, crafted crafted new world one. right? I mean, I haven't. I've only just kind of scratched the surface on that one too. So yeah, there's a bunch of games I want to try. Yeah, definitely. Well, talking about being overwhelmed with content, um, we've got <laughs> we've got three streaming services here. We've got Apple TV Plus, Disney Plus, and Plex, which seemingly doesn't have a name. Um, because we mentioned Apple TV Plus last time, and I said that I was at least going to watch something. Um, so I sat down and watched For All Mankind, which is the sort of alternate history space man on the moon show. Yeah, have you watched any of that? I have. Well? I think I've watched the first two or three. I think the first three. And it's been a little slow grabbing me. I. It's good. It's ju- I'm, you know, pro- people will probably revoke my nerd card, but I'm not like a big space person Uh, i find it interesting but it's not like my thing and i like the show i think it's a good show but i've really enjoyed the morning show a lot more yeah so the only thing i have watched is for man all mankind because when we last spoke there was only about three episodes out i think um but now we're up to six so i've watched six episodes i guess it's what like nine or twelve episodes i guess um so yeah, I've watched the first six, and like you, like it is a bit slow. It, it it's interesting enough that I want to keep watching it, but it's not it's not really grabbing me and being like, right, you know, you need to watch the next episode. I'm just sort of it's kind of a nice relaxing show. There's not too much drama really. I th- yeah, um, I think it's a bit of a slow burn. I mean, I found the first episode there was just too much setup, and it was a little slow. But by the third, there seemed to be more action and drama and suspense happening. And really, the reason I haven't gotten any further than the third is because I've been watching The Morning Show. I've been watching Castle Rock, which is a Hulu show, which I know, unfortunately, you can't get in the UK. Uh, I don't know what else. I've been watching a bunch of different shows and some movies and haven't really gotten around to really diving any deeper into any of the uh, the Apple stuff and uh, but I but I've enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, it's good. It'll be interesting to see if Apple can keep it up. You know, I mean, they've got this initial slate, and when do they when do they start adding to it? Do they start adding over the holidays? Is it early in the new year? You know, I know that there are other things that are already planned and in the pipeline, but especially with this uh, one year free trial that you get if you've bought some sort of Apple product around the you know this fall, they're really going to have to continue to both build the existing database of, of shows and titles, but also make sure that they've got some big ones coming next fall around the time that all this stuff is going to roll off and people are going to have to actually make the real decision, am I going to pay $5 a month for this? Like, If next fall we have kind of a lineup that's similar in scope and quality of what we've seen so far, I would probably pay the five dollars. I mean, I don't watch a ton of TV, but if I have 
two or three shows that I really enjoy and feel like, yeah, I'll watch two or three shows now. And over the course of the year, there's maybe two or three more. I'd be willing to pay $5 for that. Um, but, you know, they, I think Apple's really got a lot to do in front of them because they don't have the deep catalog like Disney Plus, which uh, I've been watching as well. Oh, well, I mean, one last thing about Apple TV Plus before we get on to Disney Plus, which is yet another thing that I can't get. <laughs> right. <yet>. Um, <laughs> um, I cannot believe, and I think Mike Hurley was tweeting about this, about having this problem where, like, content's not available. This was on, like, the launch for the first, like, day. I have this same problem. So I go into the Apple TV, TV okay. app. I click, you know, for all mankind. Or, or I'll click, like, you know, the next episode on the sort of watch now thing. I click it, starts loading, pops up a thing and says, this content's not available. Really? You're, 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 you're still I, having this issue back, like, recently? Right, yeah. I mean, this was, this was like, last week. I mean, that, that was when I started watching it was All last right, so week. Not, so not, um, like, launch day by any means. No. So it, it consistently happens. I press it once, I get the error. I press it again, it starts playing. If I exit out, I will get the error message again until I open it a second time. And this is for every episode of anything that I, anything that I press on Apple TV Plus. Um, so that's fun. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, I can still watch it, but it's like really infuriating. It's like, come on, how? I was about to say, how hard is it to stream a 4K video from the internet to my house? But obviously, it's complicated. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I would expect Apple to do a little bit better than yeah, that. Yeah, no, that is bad. I, you know, I have not experienced that. I have seen some of the things. I know that Mike was talking at one point about how. Apple TV would seem to lose his place in an episode if he paused it, you know, like exited out of the app and came back later. I have seen that a couple of times, but for the most part, it's been, it's been fine. I mean, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it's a mixed bag. They're, they're just getting their legs under them, I suppose. And hopefully it'll improve over time. Yeah, hopefully. Well, um, yeah. So Disney plus, is not coming out here till March. I know, and you're going to have know everything um, there is to know about the Mandalorian by then, right? Well, the one thing I'm very glad about is Star Wars is not my thing. Oh, okay. So I don't really, I don't really care about the TV show that much. So I'm not bothered about sort of getting spoilers. Now, if the show that had launched was one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's shows, I'd be flipping a desk because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm actually really interested in is those shows, like the tie-in shows that they're doing. Uh, but I don't think the first of those is coming till like autumn next year. I think. Yeah, sort of towards the second half of the year, sometime right. maybe. Um, but it, it is very weird for this service to launch in the US and not sort of elsewhere in the world when it's got this huge Star Wars property related to it, right? And only Americans can watch it. Like it. it you know, I'm sure it's a licensing thing, or they couldn't launch the service, or whatever. But it's very, very strange to have something that's that important. I mean, this is Star Wars we're talking about. You know, what I mean, it's not like a small franchise, right? Exactly. Well, you know, in, the, in that sense, I, I do cut maybe Apple a little slack, only because they launched in something like 140 countries at, on the first day, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, that's you know, that's an enormous population of people, and and Disney had serious issues days day one only handling the United States. Now, I mean, granted, that's a lot of people, but here's the thing. I mean, I the first thing I did when that launched 
was I got into the app and I tried to log in with my credentials because I had already signed up, you know, weeks before. And I immediately was met with the, you know, we're having problems with our server type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I wasn't in a huge hurry and I didn't really care. But, and I was able, that was like, it was probably, that was early in the day. It was like maybe in the morning of day one. By the evening, I was logged in and it was totally fine. And I, I, I don't know, I can't remember if we watched The Mandalorian that night or the next day, but yeah, it was it was fine once I got up and running, and it wasn't there weren't too many hiccups. And I think the the Mandalorian is terrific. I'm not gonna say more than that, just because there are a lot of people who haven't had a chance to watch it. I mean, I think it's the kind of show that even if you're not into the Star Wars universe, is appealing. Uh, it's it's very much standalone. I mean, despite the fact that there being a Baby Yoda, which I don't think I'm giving up, up a whole mut- lot by saying that. Uh, there's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't require like a deep knowledge of Star Wars in order to enjoy it. So it's, it's just a good story. And I think it's, for television, it's a really well done. And, you know, the, I think the special effects and all the sets and all that stuff, it's all really done well and it's polished and it's cool. Disney Plus, as a, as a general proposition, is very interesting because it's very different than TV Plus from apple because they have a huge catalog and you know what i don't know it's a huge catalog but there's a lot in that huge catalog that i really will never watch and you know the reality is is that i've seen all the marvel movies i've seen all the star wars movies i've seen most of the pixar movies i've seen a lot of the stuff that i would already want to see i'm not the kind of person who goes back and watches the same movie over and over and over i know that that is very much a thing for a lot of people it's just not how I watch movies or TV. So I'm not going to go back and rewatch. I have rewatched some of the Marvel movies, but I'm not going to watch them like for a fourth time necessarily. So I'm really waiting for the original content to really kick in on Disney Plus because right now all I've really watched is The Mandalorian. Now there there are some Pixar movies that have passed me by over the last few years that I'm going to go back and maybe over the holidays I'll fire up some of those and check them out. But I kind of wish there was more original content right out of the box from Disney than there is right now. I mean, I know Mandalorian isn't the only thing, but it's the only one at the moment that really appeals to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, to what you said about The Mandalorian, I would probably watch it. It looks interesting, even though I'm not really that bothered about Star Wars. I'll probably watch it at some point. Um, and I think to what you said, like, I, I kind of agree with you, like, I've got all the Marvel movies on iTunes. I've got most of the Pixar and and sort of Disney animated stuff on iTunes. But there is definitely a huge, huge, huge amount of people that only care about when they can, you know, quote unquote, watch a thing for free. Even if it's a thing they're paying for. Like, you know, you see this when like, oh, The Office is coming off Netflix. You know, there's a petition with like a million signatures (laughs) on it because people are furious about it. Like, but you know... and and like you know friends and and all of these kind of things and it's like you know you can you can get these other places like especially the office i mean it goes down to like 20 dollars for the whole lot like every oh year. no don't um, please don't tweet that because i learned my lesson about uh tweeting about sales on buying television shows well why would why would you buy the office when it's free on netflix well because it's not going to be anymore you know like i just i literally right. just bought 
the full season, uh, the the full catalog of Futurama, and oh, yeah, nice. and Thirty Rock. Just because it was, they were there was a big sale over like the Thanksgiving week, and those are both great shows. And I'm not gonna, I haven't, I haven't even touched any of them yet. But that's the kind of thing that I can when things get slow with some of these new services and the content that they're providing that's new i can you know i can dip back into 30 rock and just watch it night after night or futurama it's it's i mean i think we're in a situation where things are so fractured between all these different content providers and everything costs you know it's everything's an add-on now i mean we kind of got the future that we asked for and it's not necessarily a whole lot better than what we had when everything was packaged. And as a result, it can be beneficial to actually own some of this stuff, the stuff that's really classic that you really want to watch. Like I've watched a lot of 30 Rock, but I haven't seen every episode. And now if I want, and I think I probably will over the winter, I will start watching them from the beginning a couple of weeks. And just kind of go, and you know, with the uh, the long run that that show had, it'll take me forever to get through it, and that's great because that's kind of the background watching that I can do when I've got a little time on my hands. And in a thirty minute episode, that's absolutely perfect. Futurama is kind of the same thing, and I'm hoping Disney Plus gets their act together and stops you know, cropping The Simpsons because I'd love to just kind of yeah. start, start rewatching The Simpsons. They've said that they're going to do that, and that's, thank goodness, because, you know, you, you lose mm. a lot of the visuals and the detail uh, doing that. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, 4.3 is, feels like a foreign thing now, but if something was designed for a 4.3 ratio, and what you don't want to do is cut off what the people who made the show intended you to see. I mean, you know, probably the best example is that joke, the visual joke of the Duff Beer Company piping the same beer into Duff, Duff Light and Duff Classic or whatever it was. And it's right when they go 16.9, it cuts off the pipes that show that the same beer is going into each of the vats. And, you know, you'll, you, you lose something in that. And I, I'm looking forward to it going back to where it was because for a while I was I mean, back in the DVD days, I was buying Simpsons collections of each of their seasons. And I have maybe the first 10 seasons on DVD, but I'd much rather have them digitally, you know, as digital downloads where I don't have to take my DVDs and just rip them all to, uh, to Plex. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not, that was a good, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Plex have launched a, an ad-supported streaming service. Oh, yeah. um, it's got movies and seemingly has just two TV shows um, right well, now. Well, good for, you. Good for uh, you for finding the shows because I thought it was just movies. No, there is TV shows on there. I only found that on my Apple TV. It was There was a little section and it said TV oh. shows. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And it's just two things there. Um, right now, like, firstly, like this is ad supported. It's a, effectively it's free. Uh, you know, the, the, you can't really complain too much. It's launched in like two hundred countries or something. There's not that many good movies on there. No, I I looked through what seemed to be their entire collection, and there was one movie that I might be interested in watching. Um, 
out of you know however many they had on there it really feels like the bargain bin <laughs> of what's left like it's it's all the stuff that like even like netflix won't touch they're like no we don't want that right well like, it, give it to somebody it's like else the dvds that you take to the secondhand shop and they say i'm sorry we'll take them but we're not going to give you any money for them because i i sent you a screenshot of what was termed the the popular section and the pop you know you very quickly get to teen work Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox from 1985. I mean, there's a, it's a pretty shallow collection of not great movies. But, you know, I don't know. I, Plex to me, I described it to someone recently as the junk drawer of media. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, Plex for me is like, it's the place where one of the things I do with Plex is I, regularly we'll see like a, a live version of some song that I like or an interview with somebody that I find interesting on YouTube. And, I'll, and I don't want to watch it right now, and I'll download it with an app, and I'll just thro- throw it into Plex. And when I have nothing else to watch, I'll go to Plex, and I'll watch some of those music videos or whatever they happen to be. But I don't know. I mean, you can hide this original content, I mean, I don't know. If I, can't, I guess it's it's kind of a stretch to call it original content, but you can hide these movies, ad-supported movies, from the app if you want, which I think I may do, um, at least on my personal devices. Because for me, Plex is more about things that I've kind of stashed away to watch later for myself, more than it is about finding, you know, existing shows that that are available online. Other than, I guess, I would say, I mean, my, my biggest uses for Plex then are things I've downloaded from YouTube. And on top of that, um, I guess live TV. I watch my live TV through there. I have an antenna propped up in right. a window, so I have that. And, that. and I guess that's that's really about it. I mean, I'll you know, I watched the AMAs the other week. Those are not the Apple Music Awards. I mean, you might be confused based on reason. <laughs> what is, is it American Music they, Awards? They, is that what they that is? are? I mean, because it's all about America. Uh, they're they're the of American course. Music Awards, not to be confused with the British Music Awards. And they were it was really good this year. There's a lot of great acts on it, but that's the kind of thing that because I no longer have Hulu Live, I can't really get unless I'm watching over an over-the-air antenna, which I was doing with Plex, which was a lot of fun, and it came in, came out really well. But, yeah, that's that's my, my Plex experience. How about you? Yeah, mine, I'll be honest, it's, it's basically an archive of BBC shows that I can't really buy. Right. So, I've got, you know, I've got every episode of Top Gear, like 22 seasons or whatever. Right. Um, I got, like, 15 seasons of QI. Um, but... There's really just not a lot in there, um, because you know, I I used to find movies and stuff that fell off the back of a truck, and I, it's just my I just wanted my life to be easier, you know. I'd move, got rid of my Blu-rays and stuff, and I started buying from iTunes. So yeah, for me, like Plex is really just for this. I mean, Top Gear is not exactly obscure, but you also just can't go out and buy like you know the entire every episode. Right. You can't really even buy a season. You, know, you can buy these weird like collections, or you can buy the special episodes, but you can't ever buy like a whole season. Right. So, 
you know, I've grabbed those and, and you know, that's pretty much all I have in there. Um, or certainly that's all we use it for at this point. Well, you, you, you kind of touch upon what I think is an interesting issue with media collection. And I think video is just kind of catching up to where music was, which is, you know, for a long time, people ripped CDs and downloaded things illegally and, you know, just curated a local collection of songs to play on their Mac or their iPod or whatever it happened to be. And the same kind of transition is happening in video that happened with audio where with streaming, you can kind of leave the curation and the collecting and the organizing to someone else and have it available. And there are a couple of ways that I think video, I think it'll, you know, as we were saying earlier, I think buying video is going to go away more slowly than it did with audio because all the audio streaming services have basically, unless you have very specialized tastes, they tend to have the same kind, the same content and almost anything that you would ever want to hear. Whereas video is still very fractured and hard to get all in one place. So there's, there is a benefit to purchasing stuff on a particular platform. But, yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, I think though that doing things like dealing with YouTube DL, you know, dealing with the, the, uh, the command line interface for downloading things from YouTube and finding things on, on servers and downloading them and, and whatever you happen to do with Plex is it's, it's more management and work I think than most people are willing to do. And I find it less and less attractive over time. It was really interesting listening to ATP recently where, Casey Liss is like hemming and hawing over what Mac to get because he's having troubles with his his iMac. And one of his big stumbling blocks is what is he going to do for Plex? How is he going to deal with Plex? Right, right? Yeah. And for me, Plex, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm fortunate enough that I've had Mac, I've had Mac minis in my life for quite a while now. And my retired Mac mini is now my Plex server because you don't really need a lot of power to to serve Plex throughout your home. And a Mac Mini is a fantastic way to do that. I don't know that I would, I mean, the problem is I think for Casey is that he doesn't already own a Mac Mini. And I don't think I would suggest someone buy a Mac Mini just for Plex unless they found a really good deal on a used one. Because mine's like a 2014 or something. And it's perfectly fine because when I do over-the-air live TV, it's all being transcoded by... Uh, a home run HD box that sits connected to the antenna and crunches all that video down to you know a very easily hand a, a format that's very easily handled by the Mac Mini, but you know he was looking at an Nvidia Shield, and uh, I don't know I know that Federico used that for about a year and he gave up on it because it was just too fiddly and too much, and you know yeah you know, I mean they're good they're powerful they can they can handle the job but. Do you really want that? You know, it's one of those things where how much complexity do you really want in your TV viewing experience? And there's already enough complexity with all the different streaming services and kind of managing what am I going to subscribe to, what am I going to get for free, you know, that kind of thing. That I feel like going even deeper and having to deal with transcoding and having dedicated hardware and all that is a little bit much. Yeah. Yeah, well, 
you know, it is what it is, I guess, and everyone, you know, everyone, you know, clearly it's more important to some people, but yeah, I'm like you, I'm kind of just sort of happy to just let everything be and kind of let it go and just subscribe to things and, you know, buy what I need to buy and, you know, just, just, just do that yeah. really and, and just, just buy the movies that I want, TV that I want and, you know, I try and pick stuff up on sale, like you said about the box sets and, you know, if I see something that I know I'm going to want in the future, even if it's on Netflix, I don't care. I'm just going to buy it now. You know, and then and then I've got it for when I need right. it. So, right. well, and that's the thing is that it's like you have to kind of understand what your viewing habits are. And for some people, it totally makes sense to rip all that stuff. You know, maybe you go get the Blu-ray box set from your local library and you take it home and you rip it. I mean, I'm not suggesting anybody do that, but it's been done. And yeah, but you know, you can do that sort of thing, and it's a lot of work, but if you're going to watch it over and over and over again, maybe it's worth the effort. If you're more of a casual viewer that watches something once or twice like I am, it's probably, in most circumstances, better to just kind of, I don't know, pick it up when it's on sale, enjoy it, and be done with it at that point. Yep, totally agree. Wow! Oh, we've been going. We've been going quite a while we for have. us. Um, <laughs> well, we are slowly but surely approaching 100. Uh, this is episode 97. Oh, we're almost there. So a few more left. We're nearly oh. there. You're gonna have to wait till you're nearly gonna have to there. wait till next year, people. It's gonna be a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna squeeze another three episodes <laughs> in before the end of the year. So, no, uh, not exactly. <laughs> but we'll definitely be able to get one more episode in at definitely. least. So. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and, uh, yeah, I'll speak okay. to you later. Bye, Rob.